Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Well, happy, happy November, everyone, and I am so excited to have here with me today my guest, Shelly, who graduated from the Beyond Surviving program in 2016, y'all, it's been a minute, and we have been having so much fun kind of just catching up and being back in touch, and we've been staying in touch over the years, but this is our first time really getting to sit down and chat, and I'm so glad to have Shelly here today, who's going to be talking about her life growing up in a strict and abusive home and how she ultimately broke free uh, and then went on to really step into a healing journey and to tackle that. And she's gone on to do all sorts of wonderful, marvelous, amazing things, including starting to develop a wellness center for practitioners and children with special needs. And so you all are going to have such a, a good time getting to know Shelly who is a mom of six, oh my goodness, holding it down, rocking it as a mama, and really, you know, has leaned into developing her expertise um, in the areas of human development. So really fascinated with human behavior, and um, she's also a green thumb, spends lots of time in the garden, and loves just meeting with people, 
uh, and serving humanity. And, you know, she is just here to really share about herself. She has a BA in psychology, an MA in mental health with a concentration in Jero counseling. And oh my gosh, she's also a master in crystal healing. So we're going to have so much fun kind of talking about all these um, variety of things. So Shelly, thank you so much for being here, for taking some time out of your day to visit with me and connect. I'm so nice to see you. You too, Rachel. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Life has been unfolding and continuing um, to evolve for you. And as we get started today, I think what I'd love to do is step back like way, 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 way back. And I'd love for you to just share with us a little bit of your story. Like what was life like for you as a child? What were you experiencing? What were you going through? Um, I remember being sick a lot, super sick illnesses. And I always was told that I wasn't going to make it. Or when you were a baby in the hospital, we all prayed about it and formed circles. And like the the Lion King moment put you up in the... Mm. So I was like, oh, and I asked questions and I'd get medical records as I got older because I was interested too. What was I, why was I so sick? So the story was it was my kidneys. And I do remember seeing a nephrologist till I was nine or 10, somewhere around there. And then shortly after that, I remember having surgery again on my appendix. So it was like my life just revolved around being at home and going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I believe now, looking back, the home life is what was provoking the illness. Mm-hmm. All the pervasive, um, I had poor communication skills. I wasn't able to socialize with anyone outside the house. It was always, you're the oldest. You have to take care of the little ones, which I did, and I loved them. But there came a point where I just wanted time for me. And I remember being this little girl that was always doing this and posing. (laughs) And then I remember one day it was just shut down. And I'm like, where did she go? But I didn't connect anything to where she went and what happened, why she wasn't there. Because I'm still going through the abuse. Um, well, Well, back up, I was abused at home. And then as I went out in the world, it happened out there, too. The thing I kind of knew early was home wasn't safe. I didn't know the word safe was me not having safety. But I do know that something felt off. And um, it was just, it was difficult because I was expected to know more than I knew. And then what I did know more of, I wasn't supposed to know. Mm. So it was kind of confusing, if you if it makes sense, where, yeah. oh, my God, you're so smart. Or you've been here before. The angels brought you, you know, those stories. But then I was treated as if I didn't matter. Mm. So I remember the day that I knew something wasn't right. And I went to my mom. And before I went to her, I had this gut-wrenching, she's not going to believe me. She's not going to believe me. But I got to tell her. If I don't tell her right now, she's never going to believe it, just because I knew how my mom was. Mm -hmm. So when I did finally spill the beans, it was the worst thing I could have ever done, I, Mm -hmm. in their eyes. Um, I feel it was the best thing I could have ever done. Right. Because it felt, even as scary as it was, I still today have fear behind that because it felt like I did something wrong by telling the truth, Mm. which is what we were trying to do. 
So when I told the truth and I got in trouble, I was like, you know, you kind of find a way to navigate through life now with, uh-huh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, uh-huh. You know, you're you're not who you're right. who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now I'm I'm becoming the manipulator. I'm becoming the liar. I'm becoming this person because I'm trying to get help and nobody's helping me. And when I asked for help with my mom and I got my ass beat, I was like, okay, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. So there was a lot going on physically, emotionally. I've been violated. I had to look at him every day. And I think the worst part was when I told her is she made me repeat it to him. Mm. Like, you're oh. supposed to be helping me. And I felt like I was going to fall down the stairs, literally. Yeah. Like, I'm shaking. Like, I went to bed and thought she was going to handle this. What the hell? So I'm nine years old standing there, and I repeated it, shaking like a windy tree. I mean, I was, I still sometimes, I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. But I felt it was necessary because I wanted to save my brothers and sisters mm. from this man. He wasn't my dad. You know, when my dad left, we were like, you know, he's probably at work. But this new guy came and we're like, what the hell is this? And not only is he new here, he's taken us away from our home. Right. And then he, the first thing he did to me was kiss me in my mouth. I remember I was like seven or eight. And it was such a fat, wet, nasty kiss. I remember looking at my mom like, is that okay? And mm -hmm. I remember her cooking and, you know, like looking around like, you know, she wasn't tuned in. So I believe that her mental capacity was not anywhere near being able to help me because she wasn't helped either. And we have this multi-generational family of stuff that they will not talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about it because I have children yeah. that I see these patterns that I'm trying to seriously break. Yeah. You know, like the abuse, the taunting, the gaslighting the minimizing, the dismissiveness, you don't matter. No, we do matter. And I wanted my sisters and brothers to know that too. But she had a funny way of, it was all me who tore the family apart. So to this day, she doesn't talk to me. They won't talk to me. I've reached out. I've written letters. Hey, let's, let's kill this crap. But I'm the one who messed everything up. So I said, well, what I'll do then is help people who really want help that really need help. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate it's not my family because I could hear like spirit or this feeling like you need to help your family. And I said, yeah, it's the one I created, not her because she sees nothing wrong. So yeah. let me work with what I have and deal with mine. Well, in the process, I realized I was in an abusive marriage. So I'm like, holy shit, how am I going to get out of here? Mm -hmm. So I relate that to that was my frame of reference. Right. As much right. as I hated what happened to me, I kind of baited in the same type of guy in other ways. But at the end of the marriage, those things came out, mm -hmm. which I felt a failure again. Mm -hmm. I made a bad choice. I had children and brought them into this messy ass life of mine. So I was always out at psychologist meetings or trainings or you know, neurological system, because I couldn't figure out why do I keep feeling a certain way when I see my mom or her husband, who she's still with today, my abuser, my mom's still with him, by the way. And I'm the one who has problems still. But 
I, I asked myself, how do I feel about that? She's still where she's at. Mm-hmm. That's her own fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. But it took me a, like 15 years to get here. Yeah. Because when you have a family and you're the oldest and you're responsible for six little ones and then you grow up and you start speaking your truth and you get shut down, you do whatever you have to do to keep your family close. But right. what I started to realize is that's not my family. Because if there was, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this to me. Come on. Yeah. So I reached out to other family extended and they're like, yeah, we knew that was going on. You should have left a long time ago. So then I felt wow. empowered, like, okay, yeah. they're kind of, they know, but they wouldn't get involved. So then I was like, okay, there's a big elephant in the room and no one wants to get involved, but they're happy I'm doing what I'm doing. But I still was not connecting dots. What happened is my mother was, as a child, basically treated like what most men in America, the white men, the narcissistic, she has those traits. So we were raised with a mother who we had to please no mm. matter what. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't please her, you talk about the wrath of God. No, <laughs> the wrath of her was us worse because God was nice compared to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we tended to walk on eggshells a lot and we yeah. tended to people please and we surrendered to her needs. I mean, if she, one day she called me about a situation at home and I was in school and then you need to come home right now. And then I was like, no. That's not my problem. So, again, I'm the problem because I'm not taking on another problem because she couldn't control it. Yeah. Well, me, of course, saying these to her, it was, you know, fuck you and on and on. And she was very mentally and verbally abusive. No one's ever going to want you. You know, you got with this man and he's, you know, she just was. So I felt bad because that was my first teacher. But I also had other teachers that intervened that were like, no. That's not right. Unfortunately, they passed away. So then I felt like, oh, I'm still stuck with this. What am I going to do? So I went to therapy as a kid. I was 12. And I remember it was on 3rd Avenue in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I remember going in there and they're like, are you okay with us recording it? And I stood straight up. I said, no, because if Whoa. my mom finds out, I'm wow. going to be dead. That's out of this world. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get help as a kid. And then I was afraid if I do this, they're going to take the kids away. Then we're going to be separated. I had all the mommy stuff going on. You know, like as a kid, my mom would always say, read that. What's it say? So kind of I was a translator because she had low comprehension. When you come from a parent that's narcissistic and their comprehension is low, it just makes for an unpop, unproductive household. Right. So it tended to give us um labels that weren't our labels it gave us a lot of uh, anxiety i have brothers right now sisters that are having some personal stuff going on and it's a result from what was not dealt with and i would say deal with it before it deals with you Mm. and i fortunately had help because i have this aunt who has been there for me no matter what and I even had said to her, because my aunt who passed, I said, did she tell you to watch out for me? Because it's like I have nobody but you. I mean, as far as an elder, wiser that knows me. She said, yeah, how'd you know that? I said, because I had a dream last night. And it just felt like, because you're still here with me, that she told you. Like, she said, yes, she did when she was in the hospital. I said, wow. 
so I still feel this ancestral love and still keeping me going. I'm physically by myself, but I don't feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up was very stressful. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why I was in and out of the hospital a lot because my body was like, no. And right. then on top of a poor diet, poor education on nutrition. I mean, we were so, we laughed about it all. We had government cheese. We called it Wellfeeda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Welfare yeah. cheese looks like Wellfeeda. So, I mean, we we were trying to, as kids, make, make the, the best, best of it. it. But it was yeah. still hard. So hard. My God. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard being a kid, I think, because I was responsible for kids. And when I got, like, mm-hmm. eight, ten. Medically, I was told my my whole life, you can never have kids. And I was like, okay. And then I got older and thought, I better get both birth control just in case. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you got to come to the clinic. So I went to the clinic, which you didn't need parents approval in high school, which was great in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, she was worried about me having sex. I'm just saying, let's just do it in mm-hmm. case. I don't want to mm-hmm. get caught without it. Well, then. She noticed I'm gaining weight. She starts calling me fat. Um, she called me so many names, I quit taking the birth control. And it wasn't even six months later I was pregnant. Oh, goodness. And it wasn't one of those I want to have a baby moments either. You yeah. Know? And I've talked to my daughter about this. This isn't something that, you know, we've, we've talked sure. openly, greatly about it. But I loved her dearly, and it taught me a lot about human development. Because I was like, wait, I was this age as I parented her, and I'm like, wait. But the thing I noticed, I couldn't advocate for myself against my mom. Mm-hmm. So my mother kept stepping in and coming between me and my children. Oh, and then she told my children that my stepdad did nothing to me. And that broke me down so bad. I wouldn't even let her see him anymore for a while. I was like, no, this is inappropriate. This is not okay. You cannot, if I say don't put HBO on for my kids, don't do it. And if I say don't talk to them about my problem, then don't do that. Mm-hmm. I opened up the floor to my kids to let them know about touch. Mm-hmm. And that came up. And this was guided by my counselor at the time. Yeah. And so when she did that, it just stirred everything back up. It, it made people confused. Sure. My kids are like, well, she said it didn't happen to you. They're eight years old, the most impressionable age. So now I have a daughter who doesn't talk to me at all, who's convinced I've abused her, which never happened Mm. because my mom flipped it around. Oh, my God, has she been the greatest manipulator of all times? She should have been a politician for real. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hurtful because she's getting older and no one wants to have a problem the rest of your life like we don't want to have trauma the rest of our life we want to feel like yeah we got through this and this made it better like getting with you mm-hmm. it helped open me up to a whole new world of possibilities like okay we can heal from this yeah. but then I go back to her and she still reminded me you're the one who fucked everything up so now I'm like okay was I your sacrifice was mm-hmm. that your meal ticket was he the one just because he paid your bills blah, blah, blah. I don't know and I feel sorry for her because this was going, this was going through the movement, like the civil rights movement when I was born. Yeah. So I'm feeling all the heat from oh the white God. and the black. My mother's a white woman. She's the first person to call me the N-word when I was two. That's so I'm telling you, 
And there's people that know this, that hear this podcast, they'll be like, wow, she's brave for speaking mm, up because 100%. I never have told these stories. Yeah. Um, the reason she stopped calling me the N-word is because I called her one in public. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she said, well, so, right? well, I guess we won't be saying that anymore. Not, that's such a, this is such a, like, a double shame, the fact that it takes her being shamed and embarrassed to recognize that that's what I grew up How with. How absolutely wrong she is and what she's doing. That's what I grew up with. Yeah. If you do not, like, we'd go to a funeral and it became about her for some reason. Uh-huh. And everyone's looking around like, the dead person's up there. Right. Why is everybody? And I'm telling you, it don't matter who it is. She finds a way to get attention on her. Mm-hmm. So we just, just left it alone. Like, we can't fight with that. Right. You know, right. maybe someone can help her. Maybe it'll be brought to her attention by someone she really cares about, which I don't see, because it feels like she cares about nothing but herself. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, I've, I called about right before I signed up with you, and I've been having health problems again. And one of the problems was something I'd remembered she had. Mm-hmm. I gave her a call. The nurse asked, can you call this and a family issue? Because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I gave her a call. She has the same phone number, by the way like 50 years old <laughs> and she answers and she just sits there she says nothing i'm mm-hmm. like hello mom are you there can you tell me anything that she's like nope and that was it so she's completely yeah, shut, shut down, down. Yeah. but when it comes to my girls they won't talk to me unless it's okay in their heart and soul like well let me find a reason to talk to my, my mom so that way i can stand up to her about it because I talked to my oldest daughter about that, and I said it's it's just really unsettling for me that that woman I've learned everything from. You guys go to her and not to me, and I'm your mother, but mm-hmm. I'm the one horrible. I said it just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, because I did the best I could. I kept my kids involved. I stayed with them. I had my own business, and when that failed, I felt again like that's my fault. You did something wrong, but because when I asked for help as a kid and I got beat for it and I quit asking for help. Right. Yeah. For anything. Yeah. And I almost died because I wouldn't ask for help right. for my illness. Right. So I literally opened up a world of, wow, that really did affect you. And subconsciously, I didn't know these things were still going on, you know, like attracting the same type of man. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I look at the, how things go and me, I'm expecting a man to be the man to do his thing but if you're not up here emotionally attached to yourself and you don't have the wherewithal to even deal with what I'm talking about what are we doing yeah because you can have sex with anybody but when I do open myself up to do that with someone it feels like I'm with my stepdad again when the relationship's not solid Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah yeah, you need those because layers. now I'm feeling like you're just feeding me a bunch of shit to get sex, mm-hmm. and here mm-hmm. we are, nothing's moving forward, and you're telling me you want to be with me, but yet we haven't talked. So yeah. those are the relationships that I had to like. They gotta go. Yeah, they gotta die. Like no, um, repeat of childhood, repeat of marriage. No, yeah. but I had to reach out to get more tools. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Infinite Waters, Ralph Smart. Mm-hmm. I listened to him. Yeah. Dr. Gabor Mate on the ADD, ADHD. 
um, Niraj Nemjek, um, Soma breath work. I started doing breath work. I did not know that would work so well. It mm-hmm. helps me so much mm-hmm. with meditation. Mm-hmm. So when I started to find things that help, then my kids start getting in domestic violence relationships. So I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Yeah. It was like it started over again. So I literally, like, I had a gavel, and I hit the, I said, no, we're done mm-hmm. with this shit. <laughs> no more men, women, none of this shit happening, no more. I got my daughter to the side, and I said, listen, you want to deal with him, do it. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. If you need some help, you're going to come where I am, because I'm moving forward. I'm not coming back to this. Mm-hmm. So I let her decide. I also let her use her own money. Because mm-hmm. one thing I know in here, when you're ready to go, you'll do all that you have and spend all you've got to get to right. the next place. Yeah. So she's done a 180. My daughter is literally in here getting this together now. Yeah. And I have three daughters, mind you. I'm talking about the one because she's the only one that talks to me. Yeah. yeah. So this is the one I poured myself into that will accept it. Because when you're not accepting and you're blocking me, I'm done with that. Sure. So she's asking questions. She's reached out. She's getting her own therapy for her own stuff. Mm-hmm. We've learned how to separate as adults and have an, a healthy adult relationship. Yeah. It's the most magical, like, wow, because you get to see what you taught your kids. You get mm-hmm. to be a part of them now coming for you, like, hey, mom, do you need anything? Or, hey, mom, do... it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, gosh. It's been a lot, but it's good. What a journey. Wow, Shelly. <laughs> I want to, like, in many ways just continue to create space, but I also find myself having, like, questions and just present to so much from what you're, you've shared. And, you know, I, I, I think what I want to kind of highlight from what you've shared in your story is this dynamic that I think so many of us kind of go through who have experienced sexual trauma and that, you know, you're a child, but you're in this environment where you are mothering. And the mother uh, is not really stepping into that role, is not, doesn't have that capacity, doesn't have that willingness. And this wounding that happens, right, around mom, certainly hugely exacerbated by the fact that she didn't support you, she didn't protect you. And that mother wound then starts to inform and influence so much of like how you're walking through life and how you're relating to people. And then you coming into motherhood, right, and having to do that healing. And I'm just really deeply like present to the this important work that you've done around healing that mother wound for yourself and the perspective that you've been able to get, the way that you've been able to land in this place of like, it's one of the hardest things I see my clients really work with and and go through, uh, you know, making peace with it when the person that you really want to show up for you can't or won't and how you come to a place of resolution with that. So, when we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I want to hear like more about that part and like what you're, you know, chomping at the bit to say about that. Um, So let's just take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear more about your journey. 
Are you ready to take charge of your brain and kick PTSD to the curb? Then check out my 28-day boot camp for the brain, five foundations for healing your nervous system. This is a self-study virtual program for survivors of sexual abuse that blends cutting-edge neuroscience and kick-ass brain-boosting exercises, all expertly designed to teach you in a down-to-earth way the fundamentals for retraining the brain, healing the nervous system, and feeling in charge of your life again. And right now, you can get this program for a limited time at $47, $50 off the usual price. I also have a pay-what-you-can program, so nothing should hold you back and stop you from taking advantage of this beautiful course that's been wonderfully designed to focus on healing you from the inside out, starting with the brain and nervous system. Go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash bootcamp to get started today. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, everyone. So before the break, Shelly, I was talking a little bit about, yes, this journey that you've been on and healing this mother wound. And yeah, what does that bring up for you when you think about that part of your process and your healing? Healing the mother wound for me feels like there were women in my life that helped me Mm. somewhere forgive her and still love her, Mm -hmm. but not be a part of that. Because up here, I knew something's not right. But when you have it in here, it's it's a, a, a better fix, I'll say, because now I'm feeling like the compassion side. She couldn't help me. She couldn't even help herself. What what the hell do I want her to do, you know? Yeah. But then what I also felt was not that I, – it's not like it's a competition, but it was more that it was so deep, like a crease in the paper deep. I don't ever want my kids to feel like I fell or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So my plight was more to show people, hey, you know what? Shit does happen and it sucks. Yeah. But guess what? If you can stand on your two feet and hold your head up and walk forward, you can reach out to anybody you want and get what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. hell yeah. Cheers to that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is like so Joe important. Dispenza. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so true. And like what you're saying about how we, you know, can find mother relationships, female relationships, um, you know, in ways that bolster us and support us and, and really help us, you know, heal and thrive and understand who we are and feel cared for and protected and nurtured. I think being able to foster that, you know, takes getting over, you know, some of our fears about connection and trusting others and being willing to be open and vulnerable, but there's so much reward and benefit, you know, from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched that show made on Netflix. Oh, I'm right in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh my God. When she goes, I'm not abused. That was yeah. so amazing. Right. About Everybody gets their ass kicked. You know, right? like, yeah. So it resonated because I wasn't there anymore. I'm in a different mm-hmm. place. But I remember being that person yeah. that wouldn't admit it. Because once you admit you're, you've been abused, then you have to start exploring where. Yeah. Because where it happened is affecting our adult life. You know, with relationships, I love people. I love building new connections and talking. And my kids will tell you, I'll talk to anybody. I'll 
talk to homeless people, I'll even feed them. But it's different when you're in this position to serve and help and support. And mm -hmm. because I didn't come from a mother like that, even my kids are like, where did you get that from? Mm -hmm. I said, it's in here. And you know why? Because that's who I am. Yeah. So I'm separating from that's not who she is yet. Because I know she has it in her. Mm. My mom is a good woman, but she's just done some things that ain't so good. And she let things go because I don't think she had the education or resources to support her. Yeah. But like I said, Joseph yeah. Joe Dispenza says there's too much information in the day and age right now. There's In the day and age of information, no one should be ignorant is what mm. he said. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can think about going way, way back to when you were little and in the middle of the civil rights movement and your mom being a woman in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, and like exactly that resources for domestic violence, resources for just women to be empowered, to be able to support themselves, counseling, access. You know, these factors are important. They play a part and they aren't like a way to excuse someone's behavior. But um, I yeah. think what, you know, you're bringing to the table, which is so critical is that we a part of healing the wounds that we hold about the people who have let us down is being able to step back from it and have some perspective again not to excuse them but to have compassion and understanding you know yeah. and um, I think it's so beautiful the fact that you can kind of sit in this place with mom like she's just not there yet I love that you haven't even given up hope on it with her like you know, I can't be in relationship. No. I can't put myself in the line of fire with you, but I do continue to hope and pray that you will find your way and that you will access all the resources that are now available. And maybe she'll let my daughter things. talk to me. Who knows? I mean, right? it's so silly, but that's, yeah. you know, they would refer to her as, well, I don't want to make her mad. And I'm like, mad about what? So, right. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's just, yeah, that's so heartbreaking the way that someone yeah can still continue to influence your life and your relationships, even when you've drawn and set such a boundary. So I want to talk with you just a little bit about your time in Beyond Surviving. So um, can you talk a little bit about the moment when you decided to step into this type of support? I love that you were sharing earlier some of the different ways that you were kind of starting to heal. And then in 2016, we crossed paths. So mm -hmm. um, what, what stayed most with you? If you want to share a little bit about how you made the, the decision to start the program, but then also like what has just really stayed with you from our time together? Oh, so let's see. I'll start with what I was in the middle of a workout, I remember, and I was on Facebook, and I remember seeing Beyond Sexual Survivors, and I was like, Beyond? What's that? Mm -hmm. So I started reading it, and I love your red hair, by the way. That's another thing that drew me in. I was like, oh, so cute. And I started reading it, and I was like, I need to do that you know, I did your free thing, printed mm -hmm. it out, start doing it. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I put it away because I was in school at the time doing my, my bachelor's in psychology. <laughs> but still being fascinated with human behavior, I'm like, maybe she can help me get beyond, since that's what her title says, this shit. I'm like sick mm -hmm. of it. So I remember you said I could do a call. And I think I canceled the first call or rescheduled or something because I got kind of nervous. Like, yeah, sure. It yeah. <laughs> and I remember I went to the treadmill and I started running and my juices start flowing. I'm like, yeah, I'm calling her right now. So I did. And then from that day on, what we discussed, what I'd already read, 
And I'm like, this is exactly what I need right now because it's an extension. It's like, you know, like one through 10, this was like number four mm-hmm. and then number five. And I, I was adding to my box of goodies of healing. Yeah. And you were the main one that, because that was the one thing. I don't know about anyone else, but with domestic violence or any type of abuse, sexual abuse for me was the worst. I'd rather be beat than sexually abused. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that sounds. I don't want to be beat either. But it was just something that was like, oh, I want to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. So what I did and I spoke to you and you had shared a little bit, I signed up immediately. I was like, yeah. And then you discussed other women because I was like, I don't want to be in this with no man. And there weren't. There were other women. And then as I went on the journey with you, what stuck me there was the connection with you and the ladies and our being you gave us the ability to be ourselves, just be, you know, even if we cried or had a day or whatever, you're just like, okay, I think you, you want to wait. That's fine. Or, you know, however you ran the group, but it was like, so in unison, mm. all the calls, all the reactions, all the connections. And we still, all of us, some of us still stay in touch, which was the greatest being in your group with a doctor and then I was like, Oh, I could shoot her an email about this. Or <laughs> exactly. Law of attraction. Let me see what I can attract. And I was like, wait, I've attracted a bunch of shit. I don't think I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I learned that it was because of up here. Mm-hmm. So when I started with you and then talking to Krista and she said, read this book. And I was just learning from all of y'all so much. I couldn't, I didn't want to leave the group. I didn't even want it to end. Yeah. So it held me together in my story and not feeling like I'm all in it. I was more on top of it now. So that's what kept me with you is being able to go through all those things and be supported and then come back with this. This is my present to you, which is, I don't feel all that crap anymore because you helped me through it. Now I can actually with grace, ease and flow, just talk. It was just a wind, like a word bubble. It just went past me. I, because it doesn't affect me as much. And that's what I needed from you to help pull that whatever it was out. And it was just talking about it and acknowledging that it hurt. I was never able to do that. I was never able to say he hurt me or what he did to me was blah, 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 or, or, you know, nothing. I was supposed to just pretend it never happened. And that got kind of hard because when I had kids, the pretending stopped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why am I remembering my shit? I'm trying to raise kids right now. So all of those elements and things that came to play through my, and then I found out who my real dad was. That's a whole nother segment with you, Mm. but it was all through my journey of learning who I was. My dad was a professional baseball player. I was like, no wonder my mom put me in foul ball every year. You know, click, click, clacking like Dorsey's heels, click me back Mm. to us, you know. Wow. Well, I love you for that. I love you. you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes, I remember, you know, that group. And um, wow, you know, it is always such a joy when I'm running my my group program in particular to see exactly this, like the women connecting, sharing with each other. And yeah, continuing to have, you know, these bonds and these relationships and, and support along the way. And absolutely, you know, seeing you take up the space and be able to voice 
this was my experience and to not have it denied or judged. And I could see, and I remember just watching you kind of light up in those moments, like, oh my gosh, like this is really real and it's happening. And I'm finally getting the thing that I always wanted to get, you know, that my mom couldn't give me. Um, yeah. And we've just gone and the on. role play, mm-hmm. the role play one. That was the best. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the, because I always had up here, I had to talk to her because right. she's not going to know. But once I realized through neuropsychology and how the brain works and different, I'm still learning that, but how our body responds, how brain can tell our body to do what it wants to do too. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait. So as I got connected through those channels, through you, my whole world opened up to more, I mean, Reiki and master crystals and I, I'm loving it. It's all just like, it's, it's healing, it feels yeah. good, it makes me want to dance. I don't know how to twerk, but, you know. <laughs> well, let's get a little something, let's get a little something going. Right. Yeah, let's yes. get a little something. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that brings me to my, my next question, which is, yeah, what are the things that you're up to these days? What do you want to share and, and what do you want people to know about and how they might connect with you about, you know, things that you're doing in the world these days? Well, first of all, you all can find me on Facebook under Shelly Laurel. That's my middle name. And on IG is Uma Heels. I am Uma Heels because I found the word Uma from doing my research and studying on how the body works. And Uma means wise woman. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing the word Ama and digestion and Ama in the Eastern world. Ama means your digestion's all over the the place and I'm like well that's me I'm all over the place <laughs> so then when I moved here and there's this place called Umatia and I'm like okay I must be on my path I'm starting to see you know connecting right and so since I've been here I've been I got a table working on Reiki and I do go to first Fridays their pop-ups in different areas of Portland and I do phone counseling, well, therapy, like coaching, more coaching. I like to be more of a consultant type of coach, more with healings, with trauma, yeah. with human development. I'm focusing now because I have my daughter, too, with me. With She has her own place, but earlyhood child development mm-hmm. to help, like, love Dr. Nadine Burke. I have to throw mm-hmm. that out there. Yes. She yes. Is her book, The Deep my, as Well, amazing. Mm-hmm. Her work has helped. So many kids and my grandson's having some issues and I I believe it's been the ignored mind body. um, What's it called? Like we have kids and then our kids have kids. There are behaviors that have been ignored. Some of them have resulted to some mental illness Mm -hmm. because his dad has it. So we're focusing more on now the whole child versus that just one behavior. You know, like what I remember growing up, my brother was diagnosed with ADD and I'm like, he's not ADHD. He's mm-hmm. bored as hell. You guys aren't mm-hmm. stimulating him. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a kid. What do I know? They shut me up. And he started because of the medication. When I went into this field, it was to help people focus more without medication. Now, yeah. I do believe some people may need it. I'm not against it. I'm just saying my plight, because I saw what it did to my brother's was to do it different. Yeah. My one brother was misdiagnosed as having ADD, and he was dyslexic. So he had a lot of trouble growing up with us having the narcissistic mother, and he didn't have the tools to learn. 
So he overcompensated and did other things to be seen. And I did too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I know we're coming from the same place. And all we wanted was our mom to see us. Okay, we're here, you know. Mm-hmm. But with helping others, I believe that focus on the whole child and helping them develop early is going to make for a much whole human as an adult. Yes. Versus, you know, back and forth. We don't know. We're going to this doctor, going to this doctor. All these the children place. stress yeah. the hell out these days. Right. Right. They really are. And I was too, but I didn't know as a child, I didn't know what the word stress meant. Mm-hmm. But I was in the hospital a lot. And today, science shows that how stress affects our body. And I'm going with that because my body was in stress mode all the time. Parasympathetic nervous system, the man, he's home. Huh? So kids shouldn't have to live like that. Nobody should. And I'm not saying I was a perfect mom. I'm sure my kids will say their stepdad was scary, too. He was. But I learned. And I'm better now. And we're yeah. not together. Because right. I learned that I wanted more for me. And mm. the things we did wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Right. Oh, my gosh. I love how you are just taking your whole lived experience and you're channeling this into being able to support and care for others. So for anybody listening who wants to learn more, I'll make sure in the show notes the link to your Instagram and Facebook are there and they can follow up and connect with you. And just as a a final thought, anything that you would really like to just say to anyone who's struggling um, in their journey, looking for support, just anything you'd like somebody to know who's in this uh, process of healing? Don't be afraid and don't feel like you're crazy. Don't second guess yourself and don't doubt yourself and never be ashamed of who you are for speaking your truth because that person that's making you feel ashamed, they're feeding off of your fear and they're getting energy. You need to flip it. Reach out, read, get support people. You know, you don't need a whole clan of people, but be careful and kinder to yourself by taking it one step at a time. You're not in a hurry. Nobody could put a time frame on your healing because I've been told through it with you. I loved you because you never said, okay, we're done. This is the, like, we focused on this. <laughs> right. You know? So that's what I want people to know. That's why I want to be here for the practitioners, too, mm. that support this for us because they, too, need somewhere to go mm-hmm. and be able to rejuvenate, recharge. So I'll have it on my Facebook. I'm going to open up a salt room where you can go and actually purify yourself. I've just learned so many different ways it. to heal yourself. It's oh just amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, Shelly, oh my goodness, it's been so wonderful to connect with you today. The one I see in you is badass mama, grounded, compassionate, and open-hearted, and just in your full voice. Fire. Expertise. Fire. <laughs> Got and my it. grandson, he's so hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Oh, Thank it's been you. Such a, such a treat to connect. I'm so happy today. to be here, Rachel. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you. And for everybody listening, thank you for being here and for being a listener and for tuning in. And um, as always, if you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions are applied toward funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. And you can visit Rachel Grant Coaching to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the other resources. 
Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a note for what you're loving and liking. And then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.